Hello, and welcome to episode number 166 of the DBSA podcast. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books, and with me today is redheaded girl Annalise, and we're going to talk about the Midwest, specifically the Midwest of the United States, if you hadn't already gathered that. This podcast was inspired by an email from Kendall, and I re we recorded it over the summer, but I had some audio editing issues, which I think I've mostly been able to solve. So it's a little late, but it's always good to talk about things in the Midwest, even things that are deep fried, especially things that are deep fried. Who are we kidding? So we're going to talk about supper club, cheese curds, hot dish, the state fair, and of course, truck nuts. This podcast was brought to you by Intermix, publisher of New York Times bestselling author Samantha Young's One King's Way the new white-hot novella from the On Dublin Street series, full of passion and drama, on sale November 3rd. And we have a podcast transcript sponsor this month. Yay! The podcast transcript this month is being sponsored by Jenna Sutton, author of the Riley O'Brien and Company series, published by Berkeley and available in print and ebook. The first novel in the series, All the Right Places, follows the heir to a global denim empire as he fights his attraction to the company's new accessories designer. If you like smart, sexy, contemporary romance, this series is for you. You can read an excerpt at jennasutton.com or connect with Jenna at facebook.com slash jennasuttonauthor or on Twitter at jsuttonauthor. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater and I will have information at the end of the podcast as to who this is. And... All of the books that we mentioned, along with links to some of the places that we discuss where you can buy spices or hot dish or potentially truck nuts, those will also be in the show notes as well. And housekeeping. If you would like to sponsor the podcast or the podcast transcript, please email me at sarah at smartbitchestrushybooks.com. I would love to hear from you. And now, it's time to talk about the Midwest. On with the podcast. Oh, there you are. You do have beer. <laughs> yes, it is foaming. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a I have a shoulder rest. Okay, excellent. Hey, Spawn. I'm not speaking to you. And sadly, I do not have the chance to get appropriate Midwestern beer, so we're stuck with Sam Adams. That's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> I mean, what were you gonna drink? Like old Milwaukee? No, I was gonna. I would get some Line and Kugels. Leinenkugels? Leinenkugel. It's a brewery in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. It's my very favorite Midwestern beer. And the first three or four years I lived here, they did not distribute to Massachusetts, and now they do. Oh. Oh, there you are. Hello. So I just put a bra on, and Rich is like, who the fuck are you putting a bra on for? <laughs> Why would you put a bra on for us? Aw. So if you guys don't remember why we're doing this, I have a letter here from Kendall, mm -hmm. but then this is the paragraph that caused this podcast to be. I have recently realized that there is a great deal of Midwest love on Smart Bitches. I think Redheaded Girl is from Minnesota and Elise hails from Wisconsin, and it is such a comfort to me, born and bred in St. Paul, University in Wisconsin, to hear familiar accents while I'm down here on the Gulf Coast. Perhaps you should do an Upper Midwest-themed podcast. You can talk about Tater Tot Hot Dish, Minnesota Nice, and why Duck Duck Gray Duck is far superior to Duck Duck Goose. I've never played Duck Duck Gray Duck. 
That's because you live in a wrong state. <laughs> so let me start by making sure that I've got this right. Elise, you are from Wisconsin. I am from uh, northern Wisconsin, yes. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, so freaky when she does that. And redheaded girl, <laughs> you are from St. Paul or Minneapolis? Minneapolis. Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Now, I am honorary Midwestern because I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, but I don't know if you've ever been there. It is extremely Midwestern. The people are friendly. We all have under armpit waddle. Mm -hmm. We say pop. Yep. Thank God. Um, and the, the portions are huge and the food is cheap and the people are friendly. And I didn't realize until about a year or so ago, that all of my closest friends are Midwestern. Yeah. yeah. What is unique about the Midwest? I mean, what's um, unique about it? Or what makes it different from the rest of the U.S.? Because it's definitely a thing, but it can be hard to yeah. explain to somebody how Midwest, how the Midwest functions a little bit differently culturally people, from other parts of the country. People are really, really nice here. And I think partially in a disingenuous way, because a redheaded girl and I can talk Midwest nice where we're really trash talking each other, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Can we get a sample of that? Elise, these cookies are really different. Right, what she just told me is these are the shittiest cookies I've ever tasted <laughs> in my life, right? <laughs> so, um, but, <laughs> well that was something. Right. But like if you have, if you have a family emergency or something happens, like you will be inundated with casserole if you live in the Midwest. Like people drop their shit and take care of each other here. And I think some of that's like because it's a very agricultural area and it's really cold in the winter and, you know, people kind of had to band together. And I think some of it's just, it's a lot of Germans and Swedes and yes. Right. A lot, a lot of it is just born in the bone cultural. You come from your ancestors came from a place where it's super inhospitable and if you're not willing to help each other and abide by the laws of hospitality you're all gonna die right so you need to at least be able to tolerate each other through the winter and if that involves me going oh at least these cookies are different and at least smiles politely and she knows what i said and i know what i said and everybody around us know what i said but we can all pretend that i was just commenting on the uniqueness of her cookies this is sounding so dirty now <laughs> all about elise's cookies this podcast will be about my cookies well the thing is though i've often noticed that in places where the land can kill you if you're stupid there's a lot less pretentiousness and you could be like your worst enemy on the side of the road, but if they're stuck, you're going to help them because otherwise they could die. Right. Absolutely. Um, did so you, you, you can't be overt in your aggression. Right. Um, did you watch the FX series Fargo? No, but I heard a lot about it. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And they talk a lot in like commentaries and interviews about how this land is so pretty and it's going to totally fuck your shit up. <laughs> yeah. If you're if stupid, you you're you'll stupid, die. It's going to fuck your shit up. If you're not stupid, it may fuck your shit up anyway. You just have to be ready for that and make sure that you have an extra pair of mittens in the car and maybe you'll be okay. Maybe. Right. Yeah, so absolutely. what is tater tot hot dish? Well, the, the tater tot casserole that I have had involves tater tots, of course, Ground beef is optional, right, along with, like, canned peas sometimes. Um, yeah, it's gross. 
but typically it's tater tots, like a cream of something soup, right? And then cheese, and it's baked. It's what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to have a hot dish culture yes, war, and it's just going to be we, ugly. We are. we are Minnesota tater tot hot dish, which you can get at the Minnesota State Fair. You can get it deep fried on a stick. I have oh, been yeah. to the Minnesota State Fair, and it was truly life-changing. It is. It always is. Um, Minnesota Tater Tot Hot Dish does have ground beef. If you are a pretentious, citified heretic, you may include some onions in that ground beef. But that in, that's really taking it a step too far. Um, mixed frozen vegetables mixed with cream of mushroom soup. Ideally, the generic store brand, but Campbell's is okay if you can afford that kind of thing. And then hot dish. <laughs> or then the tater tots, and you bake it in a, in a casserole baked dish. See, around here, it's, it, our version of tater tot hot dish is like a cheesy hash brown bake that typically, it shows up at every potluck, right? And every, every funeral type food. And it's, again, like hash browns, cheese, cream of mushroom or some shit. It too. is a pity that this is not a video podcast because the look <laughs> on Redheaded Girl's face is like, what in the name of fuck are you talking about, you freak? Yeah, and... This and, is very accurate. <laughs> but it sticks, it's, it's all within this theme that you eat a lot of, like, starchy food because it's mm -hmm. cheap. Mm -hmm. And it gives you calories to keep you warm. And there's dairy because and the dairy, dairy is there. It's cheese like, in it because if you don't have cheese in a dish in Wisconsin, you get put in prison. I'm pretty right, sure exactly. it's accurate. It is accurate. It's 100% accurate. You know, I have one recipe for a casserole. And I can hardly ever make it because it is so fattening. I would gain like 90 pounds. But, Raiden, this is going to make you very sad. You take Pepperidge Farm pre-seasoned stuffing cubes. And you mix that with about two pounds of browned sausage meat and you toss all that together and you put it in the bottom of a big ass Pyrex and then you cover it with hash brown potatoes, cheese, and then right before you put it in the oven, you scramble like five or six eggs with a bunch of, with a bunch of um, seasonings and you dump that on top, put more cheese because casserole, and then you shove it in the oven and that is your breakfast bake casserole but it in the recipe that i have it is called breakfast hot dish my husband used to make something we refer to as bachelor casserole which is basically <laughs> like i'm poor and i need to eat something and it was i'm looking at him for combination ground beef craft mac and cheese ketchup and then you baked it no, he's just shaking his head. That was all of it. And then he said, like, the next day, if you were really hard up and you didn't want to eat it anymore, if you had some bread, you'd, like, put it in between bread and eat it like a sandwich. That's revolting. It is revolting. It is literally <laughs> one of the disgusting things. They all agree with me, so it's not just me. That is revolting. When Adam was in college and he had an apartment... He would brown some, like, meat and then just start throwing vegetables in and then just cover it with rice until it cooked <laughs> or pasta. And it would be like a 60-40 balance of starch to thing that is not a starch. Right. And because he's a guy, you know, right. he doesn't gain weight. It's so not fair. Right. right. No, that's, that's the right proportion. I have also uh, been told by Adam that the breakfast casserole of which I speak, we also call it Minnesota Madness. 
I love it. <laughs> no, no longer like Adam. He's oh. fired. Sorry. Sorry, Sarah. You're going to have to let him go. I came up with the name. No, he didn't come up with the name. I don't care. He said it. He's he's done. Sorry. <laughs> what, so? I have to just pause to point out that behind you, Spawn is sleeping with his head in a bag. Right? Like, <laughs> he just crawled in there. He just crawled in there. <laughs> <laughs> now he's That's my, um, and you can see, I don't know if you can see, the strap of the bag is wound around <laughs> his ass. That's my cross stitch. He's probably sleeping with his forehead on my needle. This well, I apologize if Dewey's on the podcast because... He normally eats at eight, so he is now letting me know. Bitch, it is bitch, better have my dinner. <laughs> uh, video is great. All right, so what are the top most passive aggressive things you have heard or said to someone in a truly Midwestern fashion? Because you know, I went to school in the South, and I am very fluent in "bless your heart." There's like four or five different kinds that you can deploy at a moment's notice. Do you remember Dana Carvey used to do the church lady on Saturday Night Live? Mm-hmm. She'd go, well, isn't that special? That's a hundred, <laughs> that's a Midwest thing. Like that's, that's, yep. they, He got that from the Wisconsinite for sure. Mm-hmm. Special is Midwest code for fucked up. Like, yep. I, I've been out of the Midwest for 12 years now. So... I mean, I can still speak it, but I usually just confuse everybody when I go home because I'm much more direct and Bostonian in my in my manner. I walk too fast and I talk too fast, and I have that I'm a problem. A little bit more, a little bit too direct for some people's comfort. Do you miss it? I mean, this is it's very complicated. Like I love being from Minnesota and I love visiting, but I love Boston so much and I love having an ocean. And, I mean, Boston's all, Bostonians always say exactly what they think at length, sometimes in thicker accents than you can really decipher. <laughs> <laughs> and that, I like that. I like that a lot. And you have um, Chris Evans. I do have Chris Evans. That's nice. I right. haven't seen him. And even if I did, I think I would probably leave him alone because the poor boy gets anxiety when people recognize him and fawn over him too much. Well, he just needs me to hold him so of that he course. feels more secure. Yes. Sure. I hail from the state where our two biggest exports are cannibal serial killers and cheese. And I feel like that's where my soul belongs, right? <laughs> like, serial killers and cheese? Right? Like, you know, the two, you know, we had, we had Ed Gein and Jeffrey Dahmer. Don't mm-hmm. fuck with Wisconsin because we'll eat you. Sounds about right. So what about when I originally pitched this idea, you guys had a whole list. And at least you were like... Going to the lake, brandy old fashions, supper yep. clubs, and crook- cooking everything in a Nesco. Yes. W- w- what? <laughs> okay, so I don't, I, I do not cook. I am a very strange um, Wisconsinite woman. Like, all Wisconsinite women live for potluck family tragedy events where they can bust out their Nescos and their crockpots. What is a Nesco? It's it's a giant roaster. It's like you can put a fucking turkey in this thing. Oh, it's, is that what you call them? We just call them turkey roasters. Yeah, it's it's like a giant electric roaster that you can literally put a turkey in. It's enormous and you plug it in and it's like a big ass crockpot. Basically. It's like the biggest crockpot you've ever seen in your entire life. Oh, it's 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 basically like a crockpot that you can put a whole turkey in. Yeah. Right. Like, like it's have, mammoth. Like, sometimes yeah. when, when you go somewhere, something's catered and they have like a ton of meat in a giant electric 
heating thing. That's a Nesco roaster. 18 quart roaster oven. Holy yes. cow. I have a friend, no lie, she can make anything in a crock pot or a Nesco roaster. Like, I, you give her a challenge, she will figure it out. Y'all, I think I have just found one of the most Midwestern things. Among the 18 quart roaster ovens, which, by the way, can roast a whole turkey, mm-hmm. a pie, a batch of cookies, or it can poach fish or cook a hearty soup. This thing can do everything. And they have it in a camouflage design. Yep. So if you are in the woods and you need to hide, you can roast a turkey discreetly. I guarantee I have bought that as a bridal shower. Like gatherings of family and friends, whether it's a graduation party, somebody's like funeral, a bridal shower, and you have like rows and rows of horrible for you food all sitting like and and you're trying to figure out how the fuck to plug all this stuff in, right? Because everyone brings their own crock pot. So then you've right, got but no like no one no one brings like a squid, cups. right? So then you've got like a seriously sketchy power strip situation going on, right? That you're gonna start the house on fire at any time with your camouflage Nesco Nesco yes. roaster. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Why camouflage? Do you need to roast discreetly in the woods, or is this just like a motif? I think it's just a motif. I think it kind of. It's alerting everyone else to your predilections, right? Right. I, don't, I personally don't wear a lot of camo, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of camo goes with the same guy who has truck nuts. That's a Midwest thing, too. Truck, truck nuts? Oh, oh, Sarah. Oh, Sarah. Google oh, Google yep. it now. We want to watch your face. My husband is cracking up in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truck nuts. <laughs> they come in blue. Uh-huh. They are of blue. Of course they, they do. They, they the, your truck has blue balls. Yes. Oh. That oh, explains of course a they, lot, doesn't it? It really does. And of course they come in camo. Right. Because you have you don't to want have. anyone to be able to see your blue balls. You, okay. These are also called truck nuts, truck balls, bumper nuts, bumper balls, Cargo nads, drive-through danglers, trucksticles, hitch nuggets, highway hangers, and balls on a truck. Unless you are in the UK, in which case it is bumper bollocks. Well, it's like the automotive version of Axe body spray. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> yep. Oh. She's right. They come in blue. Mm-hmm. Like, who in the world... Would hang blue balls off their truck. That's you know, just that just seems to be a very dangerous statement about yourself. You know the person that has the decal of Calvin peeing on something on the yes. back of their car? It's that, that guy. That, that guy, guy has blue balls. It's that yeah. guy. Yeah. Wow. Oh, and you can get like a keychain to match. Yeah. Because oh, you and and you can order them dressing left or right. That I did not know. Yeah, I can order left or right danglers. This is amazing. So Midwesterners have a lot of truck nuts. Like you drive around and you can like count them. I don't know if a lot. Probably like yeah. a disproportionate number to the rest of the country. Except maybe. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen them here. The website has testes monials. Of course it does. And the and the tagline says somebody's a big, very proud of that. And you a big should. pair of bull balls can give your vehicle a big testosterone boost. That's not what it does. 
No. <laughs> Adam just said, I'll just put some on my Prius. <laughs> well, when I was in college, guys used to jack their cars up way, way, way higher, or the body of the truck way higher yeah. than the wheel. And I used to think that that was sort of inversely proportionate to the actual length of their dick. Probably. Like, the higher above your wheel the truck was, the more you were compensating for. So I called them, sorry about your penis trucks. And I said that in front of a guy one time. It did not go over well. It was bad. <laughs> yeah. So in addition to Nesco's and Crock-Pots, do y'all have a lot of supper clubs? Is that a thing? Supper clubs are a thing. I, I've never seen a supper club outside the Midwest. Are they in Minnesota? Uh, uh, yeah, they're... They're in the more rural areas. They're not in the yeah. city areas. Um, but I'm going to let at least explain it. Because I've eaten at them, but I don't really understand them. Like, my grandparents took us out to eat dinner at a supper club on the shores of Lake Superior a lot. And I just thought that was maybe the name of the restaurant. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's basically, it's a restaurant that's just open for supper. And, but it's got like a very like if you've been into one supper club you've kind of been to them all. Yep. Um, a lot of them have lake views, not not always. So it's like uh, a country club only instead of golf, it's eating. Well, you yeah, don't, you have, don't to have to pay dues or anything. You, you just, just show up. It. But it's just called the supper club. It's it's a bar restaurant, and they give you like. Oh, because I have a friend who's in South Carolina, and she has a supper club, and that means that on the third Wednesday of every month, they're having dinner at one of each other's houses. No, this is a totally different guy. This isn't a club club. This so is it's like a social club. Uh, no, it's I mean, really no. It's just a restaurant that's open for dinner. In no other time. They don't serve breakfast or lunch. Interesting. This is not but a thing like, with which I am familiar. Like they have a lot of wood paneling. Yep. Oh, well, any, any good restaurant does. Uh, Plastic-covered menus, decor that is, you know, kind of plasticky, like the plasticky version of classy. Yeah. Of course. And um, are, the, are the menus, like, spiral-bound, or are they just sheets? I would say, well, they're definitely laminated. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, prime rib is always served on Saturdays as the special. Mm. Fish fry is always the Friday special. We do a lot of fish fry here. That's a yep. big deal. Like um, trout. Yeah, you have, you know, your um, breadsticks come pre-wrapped, like the individually wrapped breadsticks, you know. Like in, the, in foil or plastic? Like in, in plastic. plastic. Like in you plastic. Would, yeah. You buy them. You don't bake them. They're not made on site. They're no. brought in with the, they bought them somewhere. There's a lot of liquor that's served. Usually a salad bar that has like some yeah. iceberg lettuce and then that French dressing that's super red and is like 99% sugar with a little bit of vinegar thrown in. I used to really Talking like that salad that. dressing. I love it. When I first suggested this idea, you also bo both typed in all caps several times cheese curds. Mm. Cheese curds are the best oh. thing. Well, there's two, two varieties, right? There's mm -hmm. the deep-fried and breaded cheese curd. As God intended. Right, that's the best cheese curd. And, like, you bite into it and you not you burn the fuck out of your tongue because you get, like, Worth liquid, liquid, liquid cheese melting. Cheese. It's like biting into a volcano is 100% so worth it. <laughs> and then there's the, the cold, unbreaded cheese curds. 
and, and squeak. Yeah, it, they're, they squeak when you eat them. And so what's on poutine is hot cheese curds, but are not deep fried. They are not deep fried. They're, poutine is an abomination and needs to die. And I can't believe that people are doing that to perfectly innocent cheese curds who never hurt anybody. My husband is I am violently anti-poutine. I don't understand because there are times when I am at a particular juncture of my hormonal cycle where poutine sounds like the greatest thing I could possibly put in my mouth. That's just weird. Sarah. Potatoes, salt, cheese, and gravy. Mm. Like it's it's like when your body cries out for sodium, poutine is here for you. No. What about your husband, Elise? He's not a poutine fan. No, he's reminding me that we saw Harry Connick Jr. here recently, and like he was talking kind of during his set about how his uh, one of the people in his band, because he travels with like a huge band, if you right. see him live, it's pretty impressive, is from Wisconsin, so he made him try cheese curds, and he got like violently ill based on the number of cheese curds and beer he had consumed the previous night, and he's like, <laughs> all I remember was kind of this haze of drunken cheese curdness, and apparently my wife called me, and he had like overnighted a bunch of fucking boxes of cheese curds to their house in New Orleans, and she's like, what, what is what this? Happen? Why is this here? <laughs> Now, when I was home for my cousin's wedding over Memorial Day weekend, we... Were there cheese curds at the reception? Let me, let me tell the story, Sarah. There's cheese honestly. curds, sorry. There is, that, it is related to cheese curds, okay? <laughs> anyway, um, the night before the wedding, the bride's side of the family all gathered at a pizza place that had just opened. It was, it's called Sammy's Pizza, and it was our favorite pizza place in Duluth, where my mom and her sisters grew up. And they had just opened a location in the Twin Cities, so we're all like, we're all going to go have dinner there. And we opened the menu, and on the menu, on the appetizers, was cheese curds. And I was like, we're fucking getting cheese curds. And my aunt, who currently lives in Wyoming, said, well, are they good here? And I said, it doesn't matter. I have done a science. Cheese curds are better than no cheese curds. Ergo, these are better than not having cheese curds at all. So we're getting cheese curds. And we did. And my cousin, who is the daughter of the aunt who lives in Wyoming, who has, did not grow up in Minnesota, she's the only one of the five of us who did not grow up in Minnesota, was like, what the fuck is this? Is it good? Should I eat it? And we're like, you're trying it! What is the matter with you? And so she ate one. She does not like trying new food. You know, cheese curds are like the least adventurous food in the world. Um, yeah. And she tried one, and she's like, oh, that's pretty good. And she actually had a couple more. And I was like... Okay, I didn't actually get her to eat pizza with toppings on it, but I got her to eat a cheese curd, so I guess it's a step in the right direction. Another so, Midwestern thing is ranch dressing on everything. Oh, yeah. Like, for you you dip everything in ranch dressing. Your fries, your pizza, mozzarella your sticks. sticks are actually really good in ranch dressing. It, ranch dressing is a huge condiment. Yep. Now Sarah's looking at us like we're out of our fucking minds. <laughs> Like, why? Was, isn't ranch dressing a relatively recent trend? I got nothing. But ranch dressing goes on everything, because it's like liquid cheese? I, I don't know. The Midwest is not a place that is known for its... Um, flavor? 
delicacy of flavor. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, ranch is a fairly inoffensive and not strong flavored thing, but it still adds a little bit of something without being too ostentatious. It basically like, adds more cheesiness to your vegetables. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so which is better, the Minnesota or Wisconsin State Fairs? I've never been to the Wisconsin State Fair, so I have to assume that it's worse. Right. I'm, I'm in the same boat as she is. I haven't been to the Minnesota one. So what is like, at you, the Wisconsin have, like, State Fair? Oh, God. What's at the Wisconsin State Fair? Um, our, probably the big, most famous thing is the homemade cream puffs, which are amazing. And homemade so, you cream know, puffs? Yeah. So you go, I mean, it, you wait in this huge long line and you go into a ref uh, refrigerated building where they make them and it's a it's a pastry kind of like the size of your head like a real light flaky pastry and they cut it in half and they put homemade like cream puff filling which is like basically sweet cream that's kind of cold and refrigerated and they squirt it on there and then they slap the other piece of pastry on top and they sprinkle the whole thing with powdered sugar and it's amazing mm -hmm. so it's basically pastry with cheese. Well, Dewey, well, Dewey, I mean, Dewey likes this idea. I mean, it's not cheese. It's cream. It's sweet cream. cream. Right. Yeah, it's, sweet cream. It's, it's a dairy product. It's pastry yeah. and dairy. We do. Not all dairy products are cheese, Sarah. I understand. There's, there's a higher... We have so much work ahead of us. <laughs> um, there's a hierarchy of dairy product? Of, yeah. Dairy. Right. There's a hierarchy of cheese. You know? Like, we're not talking about that Velveeta shit. No. If You're not talking meat, about the orange rubbery good. stuff that comes in no. a shelf-stable cube? No. Don't tell me you don't eat that. Nope. 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 Not allowed. Not even on the Super Bowl when you mix it with tomatoes and salsa? No, you put no. real cheese. You use what, real cheese. I don't know. I apparently wasn't <laughs> realized that there was a hierarchy of appropriate cheese product. Well... Uh. I mean, okay, first off, if you're calling it cheese product, you're at the lower end of the hierarchy right there. That's true. Shelf-stable right. cheese product. Is at the bottom. That's right. In hell. Where it belongs! <laughs> Wisconsin State Fair, we also do, like, pig races. Like, piglet races. That's a fun event. Um, you don't have heads carved out of a 50-pound box of butter, do you? Cheese, I think. Cheese, that Not makes Right, I think they do like cheese carvings. There's, you know, it's like every other state. Everything deep fried and on a stick. Of course. Know? If it could be put on a stick and deep fried, butter is deep fried and put on a stick. Beer, yep. deep fried and put on a stick. Um, you got like a lot of 4-H kids walking around with weird looking chickens and shit. Yep. <laughs> if you're from the Midwest, you've probably done something with 4-H at some point. If you're from the more rural parts, right? Um, we didn't really have 4-H in the city. I'm from the more rural parts. I can't think what else. Like, it was very common that, because before you can legally get a job, you can work on a farm, and it's mm -hmm. still legal. So, like, a lot of kids, you know, before school would go milk cows or feed cows or... And these are people who learn to drive the trucks on the farm at, like, age nine? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's totally, the, that's totally an expectation. Like, we laugh at your... You need to be in the booster seat until you're 80 pounds <laughs> or 10 years old or whatever. Because it was like, or I was driving. Or four or nine. <laughs> right. Like, like, you know, I used to sit on a, a phone, booth, phone book and drive, drive the, the truck. Yeah. 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 So what is the highlight of the Minnesota State Fair? Did oh. you go every year? Uh, we went 
pretty much every year. And I, I've only been once since I moved. And they recently, the Star Tribune always publishes the new foods for the State Fair this year article um, in about mid, early to mid-June. Mm-hmm. So I look at that and go, oh, I need to go back. But, I mean, the highlight for me personally was always the horse barn. That was always the first place we went because I am horse mad and always have been. Right. And so we go to the horse barn. Um, There was one year we went where we didn't have a lot of money. I think Grandma had subsidized our trip to the fair. And we went to the all-you-can-drink milk booth. And I got my milk and I, you know, drank my fill. And then because I had been taught to put away my litter, I threw away my cup and my mom lost her shit. Oh, no, because you get a free <laughs> real fill. You, you get as many refills. You keep your cup all day. You just get a refill whenever you want. Of course. And that was like three bucks that she needed to respend. And But that's also a Midwest thing that it's it makes complete sense that you would have all you can drink dairy when it's probably like 88 degrees outside and nobody throws up. Nope. Right. Right. Everyone tolerates that. Yep, okay. Absolutely. I mean, we, we don't, we, we also generally come from a stock of people who didn't have sun for a big chunk of the year. So the only way we we're going to get vitamin D was from our dairy. So we can process it. All right. Yes. So here, I have put thought into this. Of course. Here are the new some of the new foods at the Minnesota State Fair for this year. Mm-hmm. Cowboy Bites. I thought, there's like 70 things on that list. Grandma Deb's Snicker Bar Salad. Mm. Uh, now, Snicker Bar and Salad in the same dish. Yes. Okay. Uh, they have. Okay. Is, is it salad salad or is it salad salad? Because those are different things. Are we talking like a sweet jello type of salad or are we talking a vegetable salad? Sometimes those things get combined. Uh, this is chopped Snicker bars and Granny Smith apples tossed in vanilla pudding with whipped cream and caramel sauce. Okay, so that's oh, yeah, a salad that. salad. That's yeah. a salad salad. As opposed to a salad salad. This is going to make Adam cry. There are <laughs> deep fried barbecue ribs at the State Fair this year. He's going, huh. <laughs> how do you do that? What do you mean, how do you do that? You take your ribs and you throw them in the deep fryer. That's how. What do you want from me? He said, but that would detract from the barbecue flavor. Like, why would you do that? I don't think that would add anything. It wouldn't add anything, except that it's deep fried, and that's the point. <laughs> Another new item on the Minnesota State Fair list this year, the mac and cheese cupcake. I don't think that there is a more Midwestern thing than the mac and cheese cupcake. I mean, is there a, and of course, then there's prime rib to go, which is yep. wrapped up in yeah. a big bread noodle. Yeah. Because yep. you got to have your prime rib to go. Yeah. It has to go with you. Yeah. Right. Oh, and there's five new flavors of Spam Burger. And you guys are, like, totally not surprised by this. You're like, yeah, yeah, not. yep, yep. If, it's, if it sounds like it could give you a heart attack and, like, was a bad idea, it's definitely on the menu. It's definitely, yeah. Yeah. What's a Colette? Do I want to know? I don't know. I don't oh, know I'm sorry. The- no, this is Kaleettes. Deep fried battered kale. Now, that's a travesty. Okay, well... <laughs> Okay, you know on Parks and Rec when Leslie Knope yeah. is like salads, blech. Yeah. This is this is an attempt to make salads okay, and it's still kale. 
Right. I, Kale I, is going to be shitty no matter what you do to it. I, I really think that there is no greater expression of the Midwest than a macaroni and cheese cupcake. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's pretty much the pinnacle of what you need to know about the Midwest. But this is all part of the whole eat a lot of fattening food so you gain weight in the winter and the cold doesn't kill you. Yeah. Because you right. have your and winter weight and then you lose it and then you gain it back. And right. traditionally you were doing a lot of, like, physical labor. Right. Okay, so are there Midwestern romances that you like? I know there's a couple that take place at the Minnesota State Fair. You know, I've never actually read one. Really? I mean, I mean, I don't do contemporaries, so... That's true, you're a historical reader. Yeah. And I tend to gravitate away from romances that are set in kind of areas that I know because I want to read about other places, you know, kind of escapism. I know Laverle Spencer wrote a book, and I don't know which one it was. It was set in Door County, Wisconsin, which is very close to where I live. Um, but I, other than that, not so much. Do you think there's any similarities to the small-town contemporary trend and Midwestern culture? Or is that two totally different groups of small, intimately involved communities? Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of the small-town romances are, at least the ones I've read, they're kind of set like in somewhere near the Rockies little town, right? Genera small town USA. Right, but it could very much be, if you added more starchy casseroles, it could be Wisconsin. Yeah. I think, you know, I think the other thing that doesn't get a lot of love is the fact that our winters are sucky as shit, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, oh, you guys better... Better court fast because winter's a coming, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so. If you were looking, by the way, for the Laverle Spencer, I believe that it is bittersweet. That sounds about right. Because the heroine causes Maggie to move back to Wisconsin. And her first oh. love, Eric Severson, is back. There's a, there's a Nora set around here, too, but I don't remember which out of the pantheon of Nora it is. <laughs> Now I need to know, because... I'm pretty sure she's remodeling... It may not be Nora, but I think it is. She's, like, remodeling a bed and breakfast. There's a bed and breakfast one, but that's set in Antietam, Maryland. Well, now I have to wonder if... Because, I mean, you know, Janet Daly did one in every state, but I don't maybe think... Maybe that's who I'm thinking. Yeah, I think that might be who you're thinking of. So you don't actually want to read about the, new, about the Midwest. Have you read of anything that seemed pretty Midwestern? Nicole Helm wrote a book that I reviewed... Um, that was very Midwestern, and the hero and heroine kind of had competing farms. And but it was a contemporary, but it worked somehow. <laughs> Redheaded girls laughing. Really competing farms. <laughs> oh no, that was the farmers market book. The farmers market book, yes, that one. It was a it was a novella, right? And it was the they were had they had competing stalls at the farmers market. Right, and he was, to get more business, was, like, walking around shirtless, showing up in six-pack and stuff, and she was really pissed about that. Right, because like, she couldn't do that. Right, he was selling more cabbage because of his abs. Well, I mean, you do need abs to, to sell. Sure, go with it. Well, there are actually, there are two farmer's market romances. There's All I Have, which is the one where the naked farmer lures yes. people by stripping to his jeans which is just so not cool. And then there is All I Am, Farmer's Market number two. We need more Farmer's Market romance. And that is a, oh, it's going to come out next year. It's not out yet. But it is a um, girl who's helping out at the Farmer's Market 
and a guy who uh, is back from Afghanistan and has an organic dog treat business. I think my uterus just exploded with joy. <laughs> His organic dog treat business is booming. Like, I think that if you say those words out in the universe, romance readers everywhere pick their heads up and go, what, where, where? I want to read that guy. Where is he? His organic dog treat business. Like, how, how do you, I don't think you can top. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, okay. That's all you need. So anything else that you think people need to know about the Midwest? It's, it's really, cold. It's cold. It's very cold. I mean, like this winter in Boston was terrible. It was awful. But the temperature never got to 65 below. And that's a pretty regular thing in Minnesota. And... My senior year of high school, we had school statewide canceled because the temperature hit 65 below. Yeah, and that's feels- not with a wind chill. That was just like outside your yeah. lungs will freeze into crystals. Yeah, pretty much. We had um, we had a big issue recently with just having a horribly bitterly cold winter. But a lot of people who live out in the country, their houses are heated by propane. Oh, so you'll, you'll drive by and you'll see like the big propane tanks in front of their house. So there's a propane shortage. So it actually turned into a statewide emergency where you had people who had to live in warming shelters because... There their wasn't enough propane, and they couldn't mm-hmm. heat their houses. Right. And so it's, I mean, we don't cancel school for snow. We cancel it for cold. If it is yep. below 25 below, we have to cancel school. And that's the we temperature, have, not the wind chill. Like, if the temperature, that is the temperature. during right. the day yeah. is 25 it's, below zero Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. Right. In my school district, never closes school until the last minute because it believes, like, you toughen up, motherfuckers, right? You little kids deal with this cold, I guess. So, so if you're yeah. curious, people who don't use Fahrenheit, like all the logically brilliant people right. of the world, negative 25 Fahrenheit is negative 31 Celsius, which is in, in, in any language, really fucking cold. Yep. When you open your front door, steam comes out. <laughs> yeah. Like when we tell you it's too cold to snow, that is an actual thing that happens. <laughs> Right. And you kind of hope that it'll snow because then the clouds will come in and insulate and warm things up a little bit. Yeah. When you walk from, like, your office to the car, your um, tears freeze in your eyes, your boogers freeze in your nose. You know, you've got, like, dudes here wear beards and it is not to be trendy, right? It's because it's cold as fuck. And if I could grow a beard in the winter, I would have a full-on beard. (laughs) I no fucks would be given. Do you yeah. guys, did you guys have to plug in your cars? Yeah, my parents did. They do. They still do. They still plug in their cars? Yeah. We are getting the, um, or actually we already have the parking meters, like the public parking meters where you can plug in your electric car. Mm-hmm. And this, this past year, it was so cold for such a long stretch of time. Like, this is the kind of weather where, like, Adam's Prius didn't know what to do. Like, it's just the mm-hmm. little dashboard turned red, and it was like, I, I'm from California. I don't drive <laughs> in this cold. It was cold enough where you should have been able to plug in your car. And so I, I saw a picture on a local website of people just sort of standing there with the plugs, like, okay, I know that in cold places I can use this to warm up my car. Where do I put this plug? Oh, but it wasn't the right. Yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't the right plug. We want to talk about what we're reading. I was going to ask that next, but I didn't want to. Oh, okay. I didn't want to move away from the Midwest if you guys wanted to talk um, about cheese or deep fried cheese right. <laughs> or cheese that has been deep fried and then cheesed. I mean, like Minnesota you, and Wisconsin. Do you have a hot dish recipe? 
Me? No, no, no. Redheaded no, girl. Me. You told me yours. Is this like a closely guarded redheaded girl secret? It kind of is. I mean, I... You make it for SCA, to... don't you? You have historically no. appropriate hot oh. dish. <laughs> Go to hell. Go to hell. That's not even funny. Um... I do have, uh, my chili recipe is a variation on Minnesota chili. Uh-huh. And Minnesota chili is like this. You ground your, you brown your ground beef. You throw in chopped up celery for your crunchy bits. You have lost me. Isn't that what the onions job is? Or do you guys not like onions? onions? Oh, what no onions. onions. No, that would be no too onions. strong. That would be flavor. Right. That, that would, would be, be way too, too much flavor. Um, and then... Two cans of, or no, one can of kidney beans, not the ones that have the peppers in them. Right. Because that's too much. If you're feeling really daring, like a quarter of a green bell pepper chopped up, very small. Right. But just a quarter, maybe less. For your tomatoes, you throw in two cans of Campbell's tomato soup. And then... So you're combining bland things into a thing. And then, and then you go down to the basement where every house in Minnesota has a little lead-lined chamber that has a little lead vial of chili powder with a single atom of chili powder in it. And you bring up that vial (laughs) and you wave it over the pot and then you put it back for the next time you make chili and then you let that heat up. I have in my house right now, I think 10 different kinds of hot chili powder. Yeah, that's too much. That's too um, much. Now, what I do when I make chili is I do use onions. I use a whole green bell pepper. I still can't do very spicy. I do have a very pasty white girl palate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do have chili powder, which I got from Penzi Spices. It's, it's good chili powder. Um, and a little bit of cayenne pepper. And I use... One can of the Campbell's tomato soup and one can of uh, peeled tomatoes. Right. And mush that up. And if I'm feeling like I really need to clear my sinuses out, I'll swipe my roommate's sriracha and put a drop or two in there. And does that make your head explode? Yeah. Pretty much? Pretty much. All right. So tell me what you're reading, ladies. I am reading uh, Mary Jo Putney's Not Always a Saint. I'm not too sure exactly when that's coming out, but... Kensington sent it to me, and Kensington, I'm Kensington's bitch, basically. And I'm also your bitch. It's okay. I know. <laughs> Kensington, Kensington sends out really good arcs. Yes. And they, they know what I like. And I'm also reading Demelza, which is the second book in the Poldark series, which is what the last half of the first season of Poldark is, is based on. Nice. I've been reading a lot of contemporaries lately. I don't know what the deal with that is. Um, I've been reading the series by the Nine Circle series by Jackie Ashenden, and she's one of those authors that I really wish kind of got more coverage because she's so good. Like if you like really angsty, sexy contemporary romance, it's kind of over the top but still works. She's like just read her. She's amazing. And she had, um, my two favorite books by her are Having Him and Taking Her. And the hero in Having Him, I'm looking it up because it's been a while since I read it. I can't remember if he's actually a virgin or if he just can't. He has, he has issues where he doesn't want to have 
actual intercourse because of bad things that have happened to him. But he's still like super kind of, all of her heroes are very kind of dominating, but not in a douchey way. So it's this weird combination of won't actually have intercourse, but still wants to be bossy pants in the bedroom kind of thing. It's hard to explain, but it works really, really, really well. And if you kind of like the tortured Taking Him by uh, Jackie Ashenden, if you like the kind of tortured virgin hero, he absolutely fits that trope. Um, Yes, he is a virgin. And then the heroine in um, Taking Him and Having Her, both of the heroines work at like a comic book shop, and so they're like into cosplay and geek culture and stuff like that. Cool. I can feel people like perking up as I say that. So I really like her books. And then what else have I been reading? I just read Lauren Dane's two newest books, um, Opening Up and Falling Under, which are both really, really good. But the heroines in those books have super shitty families, so like if you can't deal with that, I would not recommend. Yeah, that can be a little hard to read sometimes. And that is the end of this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I'm sure you could hear the sort of fuzziness when Elise was talking, and I apologize if it was hard for you to hear. I did my best to make that audio work because, well, this conversation cracked me up like, whoa. This week's podcast was brought to you by Intermix, publisher of New York Times bestselling author Samantha Young's One King's Way, the new white-hot novella from the On Dublin Street series full of passion and drama, on sale November 3rd. The podcast transcript this month is being sponsored by Jenna Sutton, author of the Riley O'Brien and Company series, published by Berkeley and available in print and ebook. The first novel in the series, All the Right Places, follows the heir to a global denim empire as he fights his attraction to the company's new accessories designer. If you like smart, contemporary, sexy romance, this series is for you. You can read an excerpt at jennasutton.com or connect with Jenna at facebook.com slash jennasuttonauthor or on Twitter at jsuttonauthor. Our music is provided by Sassy Outwater. You can find her on Twitter at Sassy Outwater. This is the Pete Bog Fairies from their album Black House. This track is called Jake's on a Plane. You can find the new album at Amazon or iTunes or wherever you like to buy your fine, fine music. If you would like to email us, you have suggestions, you want to tell us something we got about the Midwest wrong, which I'm sure Redheaded Girl would love to argue about, you can email us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. We love your email because you are all awesome. Future podcasts will include me talking about romance novels with many people. And if you would like to sponsor the podcast or the podcast transcript, you can email me at sarah at smartbitchestrashybooks.com. But until then, on behalf of Jane, Redheaded Girl, Elise, and myself... We wish you the very best of reading. Have a great weekend.